Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on your what you think is where you're at. I'll respect that. That's where you think you're at. If that put if you think that's what time it is, we can do that. We can communicate, cooperate, collaborate, maybe. Not happening many places, but some. Communicate. Very important. This means mainly listening. Not always, but mainly. This morning's Dharma talk is titled in the form of a question, does it matter what happens? Does it matter? Doesn't it matter what happens? Does it matter what happens? How many times do you say that to yourself? Probably not much. Does it matter? What does, what does, does mean? If you're using words, you should know what they mean. Does it matter? What does matter mean? You might as matter is like dirt. Does it dirt? Toji. Does it transparent dirt? Toji. It's a solid situation. It looks so incredibly solid. And the whole world is dealing with that relative truth of this is real and that's not real. The whole world is dealing with what I think is true and correct because I'm looking at it and I have my own ideas, my opinions. My, and some of those ideas and opinions are astonishingly accurate, relatively, relatively. This is a spiritual path. I'm not trying to dismiss people who go into Ukraine and volunteer, people who send money there, or people who help anyone, help homeless people on the streets of Detroit, Chicago, San Francisco. I'm not discounting that. Don't misunderstand. We got, what, 42 people, 45 people online, and another, what, not quite a dozen in here. Not that many people are interested in this. A few, but not many. And those that are interested will still argue with me and will still argue with those who are trying to present an ultimate view of what this is. After having spent decades looking at and believing in thoughts and ideas and emotions and positions and opinions, what do you think about what I'm thinking about, what you're thinking about? I don't know. What do you think about? what you thought I was thinking, but were wrong because I really wasn't thinking that. I was thinking at that other thing, that other direction that you don't seem to be able to quite grasp. Is this called a conversation? We do this all the time. Isn't it kind of sickening? It is. Unless you realize what this is here, not in, not in this old man, but in your own heart, in your own mind, unless you realize it deeply, you'll continue to be hooked by magnetized by all the crap that's happening in the world, including the propaganda that is on the side of the so-called right or correct or peaceful or kind or loving. It's not that it's not that way, but it's genera generated through manipulating physical reality. Of course, we have to do some of that. We have to do some. We have to do some of that. But then you have somebody come along who uh, threatens to just blow up the world unless, you, unless you, he get, gets what he wants. If I don't get what I want, I'm going to kill everybody, including myself, because, because that's what nuclear holocaust is about. So then what some people say, well, we can't, we can't do that because of nuclear, we can't, we can't do that. So therefore, he gets to have a nuclear war just by threat. It's a nuclear war already. Do I have any idea what to do? No, I don't. What I would say is do whatever your karma takes you into. As I've told, as I've said several times, my father at 26 years old, March 16th, 1945, got shot off the back of a German tank. I didn't even get to know him. I was four. He didn't want to go there, but he went anyway. But this, this, that's, that ha but that's happening everywhere. It's all over. It's been going on forever. It's dependently arisen. The wars that are happening right now are dependently arisen, and they are dependent on all the other things, all the other obstructions, lack of awareness, uh, greed, passion, aggression, ignorance, that, that we buy into. We buy into our own emotions and our own feelings. 
Am I saying, uh, don't believe your thoughts? Yeah, I do. Don't believe your thoughts. But I know you can't stop doing that. I can't stop doing it. But something about watching the thought patterns move and insofar as you can, keep your imprimatur off from that. Keep your seconding the motion away from that if you can, so you can see more clearly the actual quality, texture, dynamics, movement, energy of that particular thought pattern. So you get to know deeply what that is. This is opening the mind mind. You could call it something else if you wanted to, but it's opening, opening the mind so it just receives, so it doesn't produce so much of shit. You know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. In order to realize your true nature, you might have to look at a whole lot of lies and a whole lot of masquerades and a whole lot of uh, pro the propaganda of the seventh consciousness of ego. Propaganda. <laughs> don't do that. Well, what? Don't watch it. Don't. Don't do that. As Long Chempa said, I can't quote him right now, but as Long Chempa said many centuries ago, you might want to find somebody that seems to know a little bit more than you do about everything. You might want to, that was his way of saying, you might want to find a teacher. That doesn't mean a teacher that's, that you have to believe in, you have to surrender to, you have to give all your money to necessarily. So does it matter? Yes, of course it matters. It's heartbreaking. I just watched a MSNBC this morning with photographs of people all over. I think it was Lviv, but I'm not sure somewhere of people that have been, and they call it war crimes. Well, any a war is a crime. Let's just start with that rather than some things you can do as long as you have a uniform on, then it's not a war crime. Bad chance of that. But someone who's civilian clothes and is killed and has, and you can see their hand in the dirt has fingernail polish on. This is, this is painful to watch, painful to see and to know this is, we know this is happening all the time, but now we actually, they're actually going to put it on the news. It's about time they did that. It's a, society's completely mixed up around all of passion, aggression, and ignorance. It's okay to watch war movies, but it's not okay to watch pornography. Come on. I could say something that is kind of parental. Maybe I should say it. Grow up. Grow up instead of buying into beliefs uh, and thoughts and emotions and convention, conventional truth, relative truth. I don't want you to ignore it. I'm not suggesting you live on a mountaintop and all you do is sit there in samadhi all day long. No, oh, I would say, get, as Trungpa Rinpoche said to his students when he came over here, to all these hippies, get a job. I think that's what he told Dr. Mark there. Get a job. So Mark went off and left Rinpoche and worked for uh, 30, 40 years, became a doctor, helped people. Did he do something wrong? Did he miss something? No, he didn't miss anything. He did exactly what he needed to do. He met the teacher. He didn't really maybe know that he was a teacher, but then he did what he told him to do, which is exactly, there was nothing to correct. Just like when I met the same man a couple of years later, he said, I don't remember the exact words, but train your mind, meditate, meditate, keep meditating, meditate, meditate. How do I meditate? Like this, like this, meditate. And I could see that he might have a better idea of what this whole situation was about than I did. So does it matter? Yes, of course it matters. If you can do something about somebody who's homeless without perpetuating their situation, of course, help them. If you can do something about any, anyone's situation relatively, of course, we want to do that. But train your mind to see the nature of the mind so you don't buy into something that is untrue. And what is basically untrue? That you're a solid being and you're going somewhere. That you're a solid being, that you can live or die. 
who you are can't be killed because it's never come into existence. I'm not the first one to say this, and I'm looking at it all the time. And it's not something you, hmm, you suddenly believe in this. No, it's, it's without rails. It's without guideposts. It's without anything. You realize your true nature, and you have no proof. If you think you're going to have some kind of indication that you realized, then that's might be a high level of thinking or understanding or intellect or insight into the Pratitya Samutpada or any other complicated uh, situation, like the 12 links on the chain of existence, which at first glance are really complicated. And then you start to study them and you say, yeah, I kind of see this. And then you, the more you get in, you say, no, I don't actually see this because you realize it is not linear. There isn't anything thing that is linear other than a line. And find a line somewhere. No, I'm not talking about that kind of a line. Come on. Grow up. You won't get that joke until later. If at all. So yes, let's pay attention. I even say, watch the news. Don't overdose on it. Don't torture yourself with the horror that's happening all over the all over the world. But it's been going on forever. Sometimes I mention the Peloponnesian Wars or, or the Roman Empire that went around and slaughtered people all over the place. What's happening in? Uh, well, I could go on. I don't want to get into all, into all the political stuff because it's so horrible to even reflect on or think about. And now they're actually beginning to see it. Maybe we should show people what is happening. That's what they're doing on, I don't know if the other uh, channels, I didn't check them all out, but on MSNBC, you you get to see dead people that are both Russians that are laying all over in their uniforms, dead. Yeah, that, what, what are they, even if they did have a purpose or something, what the purpose is, is Somebody wants to be in charge of everything. They're willing to murder countless people in order to hold some kind of relative power. It's the very nature of ego. This is happening in your mind stream. Am I accusing you of something? No, but you could look. You could look at the way that little oligarch in your own mind stream has demands and has objections and has a finger pointing. You did it. I did it. She did it. They did it. All dharmas, I'm sitting, not saying anything new, but all dharmas means that anything, washing your face, getting a job, losing a job, getting married, getting divorced. I, I could go on and on. I don't need to. All dharmas are without blame. You cannot find anyone that is fundamentally responsible for anything. If you go into responsibility, then what you will find out is you're responsible for everything that happens. Even if it happened three miles away 20 years ago, you're responsible. Why? Not separate. You're not separate from anything, anywhere. Give me a question. Question. Give me a question (coughs) about what I'm saying. Is there anything that doesn't matter? That's too hard. <laughs> so it's too, it's, it's uh, everything matters and doesn't matter. That's why it's so difficult. It, it doesn't matter from the point of view of grasping or rejecting or shutting down, but it does matter from the, from being a living being of, from that you should receive it. You should receive everything as, as it is. And how do you do that? You practice by looking at the wall. And you notice how much you keep objecting to things, agreeing with things, and distracting yourself from things. There are even practices that will help you distract yourself, sometimes called meditation. Not wrong. They're not doing the right or wrong thing. I'm just saying there are different ways of working with the mind. Some of it is more gradual and is is tuned into the way some people understand or learn. If you're listening to me at all, Maybe if this is the first time, maybe I'll never see you again or hear from you again, or, or you, maybe not. But if you keep coming back here, then you're probably ready for me to thump you on the head. Not with my stick, but with what I'm saying is you see it. There's nothing to believe. I'm not here to convert people to Buddhism. 
I wouldn't be here if it weren't for that teaching. But I'm teaching out of what I'm looking at. I don't need to. I don't even need to have any um, uh, enlightened costume on. Without this, there would be a different kind of student. I'd have some students, but then we would have the kind of student who is looking for some real and wild and crazy person that smokes cigarettes and drinks a lot of sake. That's how I got magnetized into having a, a tantric guru, which I needed. I needed that kind of intense pushiness. But it's not about cause and effect, other than it's just, you just stop covering it up. So could you call that? You didn't cause what appears. It's always been there. You just have stopped with your self-centeredness, your ego, your me, me, me. I want this and I don't want that. I want to control this. I need to be, I need to just need to be me. Bullshit. But if you do, go ahead. Then you'll have my blessings. Go ahead and be me. Be yourself. Do whatever you want to do. But if you want to see what this is, who you are, before your body-mind complex goes back into the elements, if you want to see that, this is a way to do it. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication, devotion, whatever word, fancy word you want to use. And you need to do it. And it's realized here, not here. It's realized here. It's, and it's not a feeling. It's not, not, not saying there couldn't be attendant feelings, but if you have feelings around the fundamental nature of what this is, you might explode. You could do any one of two things in extremists, and they're identical. Break down and completely sob for hours on end. Sob, sob. Or you might just burst out in laughter about the absolute, what's that fancy word, ridiculosity? Ridiculous, yeah, ridiculosity. Isn't that a word? It is now. It is now. You might just say, what do I, it's like, what does that take? What was I thinking? <laughs> Anything. You don't get rid of thoughts. You don't stop thinking. You see the nature of the thinker. There isn't one. Thoughts are dependent. There isn't. They come and they go and they get bigger and littler and more intense and softer and sweeter. It's called relative truth. And it is the complete illusion of being a living being. Unreal. It's unreal. Who you are has never come into being, can't pass out of being. You're here, if you want to use a relative term, for you're here forever. You're going to be subjected to this lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Is that true? Nah, I just made that up. I just made it up because it kind of looks that way. But I don't know. Why don't you find out? And then you come back and tell me, well, it's only three lifetimes, but then in the third lifetime, then because of the fundamental nature of the astral body, and especially if you're born in, a, in, a, in an earth sign or a sign that's fixed. And then, of course, you have to look at the Enneagram to see how that plays in, because if you're a one, you're pretty much screwed. As far as anything, you don't even have to meditate. I mean, you're just done for. Or no, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think it's a two that's screwed. Yeah, the two is screwed. Enneagram. I think I'm a two. <laughs> no, I, I, I am no particular Enneagram. What am I saying here? I'm saying you look at it. You, look, you find out. Get your body, mind to the wall, sit down, hold still, and train your mind to see the truth so you don't have to get any, you don't need my help. You won't be separate from what I'm looking at. So does anything matter? Yes, it does matter. It does matter. You want to save the world? And look at it. Before you jump into it with your weaponized thinking process. Opinions, ideas, concepts, pushing and pulling and stopping and starting and joining and leaving. You have to do it. Questions?
And she bowing. Go ahead. In what sense are we responsible for everything? You're not separate from any from everything. So, but when I say responsibility, I'm not saying you're to blame. Though, if you can really, really see it, of course you're to blame for for everything because there isn't anything that's separate from you. Everywhere you look, you see your handprint. Everywhere, it's that kind of a. You recognize it. It's like that's my handprint. That's my profile. Not some kind of lit literal, like in a. Uh, Stephen King movie or something like that. I'm just talking about you, you see, you recognize it. You recognize your face everywhere. So therefore you're, you respond to that. You have the ability to respond to everything. You respond to everything as if it was your own child. Even if that person, individual or that situation is enraged in such a way and so fearful that they're willing to murder, still that is not, Dependent origination, if understood, you see there's no one to blame there. Because if you start blaming the person and you try to go in and punish them for the bad thing they did, this is part of the, the circularity, the Coney Island of the mind, that you can't find where to enter it, you can't find where to leave it, because it is an illusion. It is unreal. It is vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there is still form. Vividly. It means it looks very, very real. In emptiness. How can it be in emptiness and be vividly real? Because there's still form. Kevin. Kevin Bowing. My question is, uh, what fuels action, if not feelings, bowing. So feelings are part of it, but the feelings need to be able to come and go. It's like having a, a, a room full of relatives. So sometimes the, the strong feelings come in the door, Uncle George, and sometimes he, he leaves, he's not there. Sometimes this, sometimes that. So the relativity of it is very seductive because we keep trying to fasten onto something to get some kind of a, what, re reference point, foothold, anything. This is what Buddhism is about. It's what meditation is about. It's what the, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the Three Jewels are reference points that you will need, at least as far as I can see, until you realize your true nature. Then you don't realize, then you don't need anything. You, and the emotions may come and go. They are just dependently arisen. Doesn't mean they don't feel intense. It doesn't mean that you won't collapse on the floor. And, deep sobs about what you're looking at or what you sense but can't tell what it is. More? Please help help all of us go deeply into that. Kevin Bowing, I, I feel I get confused about equanimity, seeing the equalness of all things and... Got it. Got it. You won't see... Equanimity or equalness is a concept about something. It's not the actual situation. The actual situation is very, very unbalanced. So if you're looking for conceptual equanimity or equilibrium or balance or totality or anything, it's, it's a word and we may need, need that at some point, but at some point you're going to need to, you could say, step away from that, discard that, have some guts, go into the darkness without the roadmap. And where's that darkness? Here. Not out here. It just looks like it. It's very magnetic. That's why That's why people join the military. That's why in 1959, I joined the Marine Corps, because I had no idea what to do with my life. I was terrified even being a person. What if I do something wrong? What if I make a mistake? Was the Marine Corps a mistake? It looked like it for a long time until uh, I had some understanding of what a mistake even is. Keep let's, let's go further, Kevin. It's the same. We're all going down in the same dark tunnel. It's just that I might see what's on, written on the walls a little more clearly. Let's go there. 
So just using a relative example of this, this conflict that we're hearing so much about, I, I can see not, not both sides in a judicial way, but I can see how complex it is. And it, I feel it can lead me into what I might label as, as sort of apathy or a sort of throwing my hands up in the air. How is that different from equanimity bowing? I don't know. How does it look to you? Well, it's, it's like seeing what a mess my room is. I'm like, oh, what's the point? Who, who knows? I can't even be and where to begin with this. So how can I, 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 I feel that there should be some energy from my vow or my dedication to the path. And it, instead, I feel a, a paralysis bowing. So that's awareness. So don't leave the paralysis for what it's about or what's causing it. Don't go into, don't go down uh, the trail of cause and effect and try to sort it out. This is what ego does. Try to sort things out to get a reference point to see why do I have paralysis? Why, why can't I clean up this mess rather than see the mess? Actually look at that situation. That's also dependently risen. There's no one who's messed anything up. Kevin Bowing, what is the difference between dispassion and apathy, Bowing? So uh, apathy is an actual shutting down and is, uh, is, has a quality of ignoring or ignorance. It's just like, uh, as if you said something, you're just like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to be bothered with that. That's just... Or, or that's not a important. Why would even people even pay any attention to that stuff? Some kind of apathetic traditional idea. But then the dispassion, if it's dispassion from the point of view of the spiritual path, it's actually uh, not believing, disbelieving, or ignoring anything, and especially emotions. You can actually, since there's no one here anymore, there's no solid being here anymore. There's no preference. There's no opinion. There's no judgment. There's no self. There's no, 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 no. And anything that does show up as that or masquerades as that is included. But it is seen for what it is. So therefore, that which arises as dispassion or that which arises as apathy or that which is, arises as anger or confusion or any kind of judgmental situation in your mind stream or mine or anyone's is dependently arisen. So there's no one there who is causing that, actually causing it. There is an identity, an ego that is also dependently arisen that thinks because of the nature of consciousness finding its own form, it will settle for me and my world and my stuff, and I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to do that. There's no way they can make me do that. I'm going to do that. It's like Rumi. Rumi knows what's going on. Rumi immediately starts to take charge of everybody and everything. Don't let him do that, since you. He just should not be running this monastery yet, maybe in 40 years. So you're receiving what shows up. You have a willingness to receive the intense disturbance of being unhappy with yourself because messy room or lack of equilibrium or your idea of equilibrium. This is, this is where actual, uh, you actually begin to, uh, and I rarely use this word, but it's like a surrender. There was no war, so there's nothing to surrender to. But it's like you're just tired of being uh, at odds with your own mind stream. This doesn't mean you accept. I, you'll never hear me say just accept any damn thing. What I always say is look at it. It may show up as something you, you might have a kind of a second, uh, a post-it note or a margin note that it looks like you're kind of accepting this, but not actually. If you look close, there's nothing happening. 
Nothing is happening. As the 16th Karmapa said on his, just before he entered his Parinirvana, November the 5th, 1981 in Zion, Illinois. Nothing happens. He's dying. People are weeping. Nothing happens. What does that mean? What, what? The 16th incarnation of the, of the Karmapas starting back <laughs> a long time ago. I don't do the math for that. But if nothing happens. What kind of teaching is that? Well, if you're a student of his, it's a pretty profound teaching. Especially when you're dying within maybe a few hours after he made that statement to Ursul Tenzin, the Trungpa Rinpoche's Dharma heir at the time. Thomas F. Rich was his Western name. So the idea of equilibrium, the idea of a clean room, the idea, the idea, the idea, those come in and replace or fill in the actual openness of what it would be like to actually just see what's in front of you, a messy room without any description. Th those, th that situation is not about a person who's not very neat. It's about dependent origination. It's about that which arises not as a separate situation, but is coincident with, contingent upon, and interrelated with everything that looks like a separate thing. The illusion is the separation. The reality is uh, suchness. The reality on the path is emptiness. Fruition is suchness. There more questions? There was a question in the uh, chat, chat box. Or Kevin, I can take another question for you to follow up on that if you have one. Oh, I was gonna read from the chat box. Uh, Okay, thanks. Hakuran bowing, what is a mistake bowing? Uh, yeah, it's something we call, it's a name that we put on something that we don't like or we think uh, went awry or didn't show up the way we wanted it to show up. So we, we take charge of everything. We just take credit or blame. So the whole uh, trunk perimeter even called the uh, uh, Trungpa, uh, the, called the uh, Kagyu lineage. This isn't supported by the tradition so much because uh, other other lamas kind of took uh, objection to what he said that the, the Kagyu lineage was a mishap lineage because nothing went right. Everything went to hell. And of course, it's a miss. Everything, the spiritual path is just a bunch of mistakes or mishaps until you begin to see your true nature. And you won't see your true nature if you think, if you buy into right and wrong, correct and incorrect. If you, if you go that, well, I can't do that because. I just had one of my students, longtime student, after many years of not con connecting with me at all, uh, when uh, we contacted to see where he was at with this path. And he basically was very sweet, very kind. He says he was going another direction. Thank you for your teaching. Uh, and all of that. And then we said, send back your rock suit. Well, I kind of like to keep it, I think was what he said. But no, we kind of like to have it back. That belongs to the Buddha. It's not a souvenir. So we now have that back. We have his, uh, his certificate, his uh, uh, bloodline or Kachimaku, all the lineage holders and everything in his name. That, that was not something that was given to him as an individual. That was given to the Buddha return to the Buddha, return to the Dharma, return to the Sangha. That's how that's done. You're not returning to something uh, that you somehow left. You're returning to something you've never been separate from. Stop covering it up. It's not about believing something. Believing something means you've got to have proof or evidence. You might as well be in uh, traffic court. So there really is no mistake, but seeing uh, seeing your things in your life that were mistakes just means that you're buying into some kind of relative outcome where you think things should be a certain way. If I just done this and this and this, that would be like me saying, a ridiculous example would be like saying, um, I never should have married her. <laughs> 
No, every everyone I was married to, and there's one, what, how many? I'm not going to go there. But I'm just saying there's no mistake unless everything is a mistake. It's actually a mistake to come into the human realm. might be better off in the God realm where you can have a Mercedes and two Harleys in the driveway. Don't you? Question from Hassan. When I recognize that I have associated myself with the mind, in that moment, should I look for the one who was distracted or just be aware of the next arising? Uh, I'm assuming you're sitting, doing sitting meditation at this time, and I would say just, just watch what moves. Don't necessarily go to a particular uh, department. Just, just watch what moves. It won't last. Anything that shows up is going away. The very nature of compounded, uh, compounded things is they come together and they go away. Thoughts do that in, a, in an area that's uh, is not quite as uh, as attached to uh, time and space as the physical realm, but still a realm that area of the mind, Sambhogakaya. Things come and go. Just observe. Give everything your attention. Just receive. Be very generous with your attention. Give everything your attention. Starting at the wall in front of you. Starting with your own knee pain. Or with your own uh, spinning mind. Or the mind that's worried or grabbing or pushing or pulling. Do nothing with it. Fix nothing. Correct nothing. And also, don't fix or correct the impulse to fix or correct. Don't correct the corrector. No credential. Much more lonely than getting somewhere. He has a follow-up statement. He says, I'm asking because in that moment, I don't find anyone who is distracted, and also there is no trace of thought left. Okay. Then do that. Why ask me? If you're, if you're saying that's how it is for you. But that's sounding very much like a credential, albeit highly polished. Anytime you get anywhere, it's going to come apart. If it doesn't, then it's just high level of relative truth. It's not awakening. If it's awakening, there isn't anyone there. If, there, if it's awakening, there isn't anyone there that's separate from anything. Deb Bowing. Deb. Good morning. In seeing not turning away from my relative life, I sometimes get a feeling of too much or fullness um, that, that just feels heavy. Is there ever a relief from that without dropping back into ignorance around it? I wouldn't worry about if you're practicing every day or most every day and you're, you're using this structure, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, teacher, teaching, community, that will help. You might need more of one and less of another. That's up to you. And uh, and you're returning to the wall. You're, what I'm saying is ball gazing. All you're doing is sitting down, holding still, and watching what continues to uh, flourish. It can be all kinds of things. It could eventually be just kind of not much is happening. Uh, that's also a, a conclusion, an opinion. If you know that not much is happening, that's ego. So... Just practice. If you, uh, if you attain realization, you won't know it. I'm not saying that, that there won't be some kind of quality that, that understanding will be there in a way, but it's not about somebody. It's not about something. It's not a mundane path of accomplishment. It's the spiritual path of no longer avoiding the truth. That bowing. I think I've heard you say in the past that this path sometimes gets harder. Is this yeah. feeling maybe that connected to that? That sometimes that it just sometimes feel like it's it's whatever it is, but it's harder <laughs> sometimes. Yes, because if you just a simple way of sometimes say, you know, if you've just spent the last. 20, 30 years or whatever, a lot yeah, less than that with you, but, uh, you know, kind of avoiding and avoiding and cover up. We get very good at covering up and we can actually be some kind of a relative person with credentials and 
and our life path and what we're good at and what we're not so good at, what we've accomplished, what we haven't, what our children have done, getting our identity from all kinds of reference point. So if we, if you, if you, if you, then if you stumble into this path, then you, all of that start, you start to look at all of those structures and creations that you thought that were your reference points and your handlebars, you know, for how to get through this. How to get through life is not kind of an odd thing. What are you going to do with your life? Well, I know I thought I would become a brain surgeon. I think a lot, so I thought maybe that would be a good area to go into. So it's a matter of, of just receiving what shows up. And quite often, this can be the stuff you've just been spent 30 years avoiding. It's like, okay, time to see what that is. And it starts coming and it does not feel good. And without some kind of a structure to help you, there's a good possibility, not condemning you to anything, that you will, you will go back into some kind of way to stop that or way to cover it up with medications. Prozac, Wellbutrin, not wrong. Some people, that's what they have to do. And if you need to do that, I'm not against that. Do what you need to do. Don't have to do that. So... You might be getting, uh, you might feel like you're overdosing. And if I, th I would say if it gets really difficult, then back off for a while. Back, you know, I'm not saying like a vacation, but look at the situation and say, you could say, I'm going to stop meditating for a couple of weeks. I've told people who have been meditating for 20, 20, 30 years. I don't think that person is here today. Uh, meditating a long time. Just don't meditate anymore. They tell me this looks like I don't see any reason to meditate. And I said, well, don't. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but. I said, no, don't meditate. Go do something else. But I can tell you from my wonderful, magical vision into people, this person is not enlightened, not awake. If you think you're awake, come and see me. Come and describe your uh, enlightenment to me. Convince me that you're awake. Because if you need to convince me that you're awake, you're not. And if you think you're awake, you're not. There isn't anyone. You could say, I could say, anybody could say, well, how can you even be such a thing if you can't know that it's happening? Spiritual path, not the mundane path. It's like Trunk Ramapatray was saying this uh, when I first heard this a long time ago. I said, how can he pop? What is that? How does that work? He said, listening to me is like listening to a dead man. I, I now know what he meant by that. And it's not, I wouldn't say that, uh, but it's like, it's not like a dead man so much. It's like, there isn't any, there's no, there's some kind of coming and going of somebody. Uh, I sometimes call it a clown on the roof. It's there, but it's unreal. It's a clown and it's on the roof, so it doesn't have much say so. But occasionally in, you know, if you're trying to maintain some kind of enlightenment, then that clown on the roof or that former ego will scare you. You'll say, ooh, I'm going to lose my enlightenment. Oh, no. What if the clown on the roof comes down, sneaks through the window, and comes back into me, and suddenly I'm a crazy person again. I'm full of my ego. You see what this is? All of that is unreal, and yet vividly unreal. Vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there's still form. Go ahead, Yohan. Yohan Baoying. I have two questions. The first question is about, um, like Kevin's asking a follow-up question. So can equanimity be understood as just receiving even though one has strong emotions? Following? That's pretty good, yes. Just receive. You can do it. I mean, stuff is difficult. It's painful. We have emotional reactions to this and that. Do nothing with them. Don't figure them out. Don't calculate. Um, I'm not saying you may not. You may not need a therapist. I don't personally don't think you do, but you may. You, uh, you may need someone to help you sort through some of that material so that when you do meditate, you might might have a little bit more ability to, uh, what do we say, hold your seat, just stay there. So you may. A lot would depend on how good the therapist was. When I say how good, I mean how clear they are about what this whole thing is about. And there are some that are pretty clear. Thank you, Yihong Baoying. My second question is, I think you mentioned don't 
conclude. So how can how can we look at conclusion? For example, this word mystic. How can we understand this on both sides, like mundane, mundane, and also on this path? Because that's very overwhelming to uh, to live every word like equanimity, mystic. I certainly just based on what I understand and do. Uh, but but anyway, my question is, how can we uh, look at our mind on both sides? Sorry. So, uh, first of all, I'll agree with you. It sucks. And the other thing I would say is just do it anyway. I mean, you're, you're alive. You're a young woman. You're alive. You're here. Just do it. It might, might be 20 years from now or 30 years from now, but you will not regret what, listening to what I'm saying. Just do it. Just do it yourself. I'm not talking about Adidas. I'm saying you just train your mind and whatever kind of brambles and branches and and pitfalls and crap arises out of the karma of Yuhong, just just meet your life where it's at. Be genuine. Whatever shows up in your mind needs to be there, not because it it's somehow good or or exceptionally enlightened or clear. No, it might be full of garbage. But it is your life. It is your karma. Don't miss your life. Don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't look. Don't look away. Don't accept it. You don't have to. If you're driving along in a car and you look out the window, you don't have to accept the landscape. But it's there. You don't have to accept the highway that's showing up. You don't have to accept people coming into your house. You don't have to accept people coming out of your womb. You don't have to accept anything. You might have to take care of them, but you don't have to accept things. Sometimes uh, in the Dharma, one of the ways of talking about the Bodhisattva vow of save all beings is be with all things. That doesn't mean you have to agree with them. It doesn't mean you have to do as you're told. You just be there. You'll, you'll know what happens. If you just do it, uh, meet it where it's at, insofar as you can, and sometimes meeting something where it's at means that, you know, you might have some need to do some work on yourself of what? Meet your mind where it's at. Sit down, face the wall, and watch the mind hour after hour, day after day, week after year, year after year. If you're showing up in this room or in your room or on this screen or in this connection as a human being, you've been doing this a lot, not just this lifetime. And I would also say, I'm not saying believe in past lifetimes. I don't. don't believe in much at all. You don't need reference points like that. Everything is available right now. This is. This is it. This is it. Regardless of what's arising in your mind stream. A question from Chris Smith. Is this path a form of simplified insanity from the point, point of view that everyone is insane? No. Another question from Hassan. Hassan. Is it possible that conditioning lifetimes of grasping at things can be reversed in one lifetime? It's a little bit of a loaded question because it's like manipulating things or reversing your karma or something like that. So I, I wouldn't want to go in there so much, but if I go towards what it seems like you want to know about, I would say yes and no. I'm sure that was helpful, but it's, it's, it really is not about reversing it. It's about no more war. You don't object. You don't agree. You don't do anything with it. So it isn't so much about reversing. If we go into there, then we're trying to, we're trying to, we have some kind of a calculator that's telling us how much we reversed. It's very seductive if we buy into that kind of a, into the response to that question that would be say, yes, it's about reversing it because I don't think it is. That when we say reverse, and that talks about some kind of linear past and future, which is also illusory. Everything is an illusion, but it's vividly, vividly, vividly unreal and emptiness. How can somebody something be vividly unreal? And yet there's still form. That sounds like, uh, here, look at this, but not too close. Here, look at it again. Now I'm going to take it away again. So what's happening? This is the way 
uh, teaching uh, shows up, not only with this teacher, but with any any teacher who is teaching out of what they've realized or what they see. And it's not just the vision, it's that they're seeing, seeing it, any of the sense fields are showing up uh, as suchness or, or emptiness as far as the path quality, it's a quality of emptiness. Ultimate reality is like His Holiness said uh, in uh, 1981, nothing happens because he's addressing someone who is addicted to occurrence. In that case, it was Vajra Regent Ursul Tenzin, who was uh, probably in his 30s then. Kevin Bowing, Maria has a question in the chat. Yes. What is holding the unbalance of the relative situation, Bowing? Fear. Looking back on some issue that caused me a lot of difficulty in the past, I might look back on it and think, um, why was I so upset over that? It doesn't really matter that much now. Mm-hmm. If we see what this is, do we get that same kind of objectivity or, or space around things that are happening now? You may, the kind of talking ourselves out of it, well, it's not such a big deal, or why did I make a mountain out of a molehill? So there's something to that, because we're beginning to see that it really wasn't there was a, a load of emotion. But that's showing how the deeper layers of consciousness are not gone. The seventh is uh, teaching of this eight consciousnesses in the Yogacara tradition is addressing that particular area of the, of the uh, eighth consciousness, uh, where all of the seeds are. Nothing goes away. Everything keeps appearing and appearing and appearing. It doesn't go away. It it goes away uh, in the sense of the teaching of impermanence. Its structure goes away, but the energy of it is still there. If you fight with it, it's still there. If you agree with it, it's still there. If you ignore it, it's still there. If you don't do anything with it, then it doesn't do anything with you as a as uh, who was it? Bardor Toku said, uh, "If uh, you do nothing to thoughts, they will do nothing to you." <laughs> Pretty straightforward. I think that was uh, Bardor Toku. Might have been. Uh, Might have been. Uh, Kangu Rinpoche. It was one of those Rinpoches. Kagyu teachers. More. So, if we see what this is. If things don't stop arising in their intensity, I guess we'll see that they matter and don't matter at the same time. You, you, if you just continue, you eventually there's no guarantee. You can't guarantee. It would, it's, it's not a, that kind of a thing. There's no guarantee. But here you are. You're you stepped onto the spiritual path. Just continue. See it all the way. Don't stop. Keep going, keep going, keep return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, return to the training your mind, return to the teaching, whatever aspect of the, this 2,500-year-old tradition shows up as being the most supportive and, and most inspires you to keep going, use that energy. Some, some, some teaching is, uh, is very kind of complex and it's not so inspiring, it just seems to be confusing. And other teaching is, it depends on who it is. Is very uplifting and inspiring, but as far as will it change or will it go away or will it make sense? Is that what you're saying? I don't know how to ask it. Yeah. So let's put it this way. Uh, I'll put it as bluntly uh, as I can. What was the name of the talk title? Does it matter what happens? Okay. Let's put it this way, and this has to be understood in the way that I'm addressing this. Uh, does it matter? Yes, relatively, it really matters what happens. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because it's not a separate situation. And you will be able to see both of those at once because they're fundamentally not separate from each other. But until you see your true nature, until you see what this is yourself, you will continue to buy into right and wrong. 
You won't see dependent origination. You won't see that there's not a separate thing anywhere. But if you see there's not a separate thing anywhere, uh, then that doesn't mean you don't see separate things. You may see those separate things even more vividly, more outlined, more hard-edged, because you're no longer looking for what you think is there or what you think shouldn't be there or what you think is not important. Three poisons. You actually receive this world as it is. And what do you see when you receive it? You're not separate from it. You never were. Everything is your heart's desire. But the confusion coming out of fear, out of the incredibly, um, and the incredible grip of the three poisons and of, of uh, greed and of the, the world is kind of ripping itself apart. You don't have to do that. Or, Jason Bowen. Yes, Jason. Um, when you were talking to Kevin, yes, um, you you were talking to him about um, letting or not let, um, looking at the 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 ugly stuff, the stuff that is uh, difficult, um, scary, and and you said it's not acceptance you, and. There's a little similarity to acceptance, but it's not really acceptance. Yes. It sounded it sounded like you were talking about allowing, letting your finding a way to allow yourself to really look at that. Um, and so my question is 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 that kind of what you're talking about? Um, allowing somehow allowing yourself to look at it. Much, closer, maybe even closer than you had before. Um. Yes, and I would go a little further and say that a way to know that you're the kind of allowing that I uh, agree with is that when you allow yourself to see the, what is happening in your mind by holding very still, taking what you have a say-so about without struggle, which means you can hold still, no struggle there, just stop moving. Now, if your knee hurts in past traditions, past times, and more macho controlling situations, you would have to sit through knee pain no matter what. And this is an incredible misunderstanding based on a bunch of old men wanting, wanting to control everything, as far as I'm concerned. And if you hear sarcasm there, it's because it's deliberate. It's about being kind to this whole body-mind complex. Nurture this situation. Don't torture it into some kind of a, a control mentality that takes the place of your actual realization. Some people can sit very still for long periods of time. Not a big struggle. Do that. But if you can't move, get up, walk around, come back, start over, start over, start over, like we do in the block set. It's not a confinement. It's a form. It's not a prison. It's a form. That means that you observe the form by watching what moves within the form. And that may be your body getting up and going out of there. But to continue to come back and return to that, that is allowing. You're actually allowing yourself to get up and walk, move a little bit. You're having some respect for what's happening in your body-mind. That even happens in the monastery. We have very, very strong forms. But nobody is made to follow them. You're not chastised or berated uh, for not... You, if you... If you wake up in the morning and you're tired or you didn't get enough sleep, we communicate. So you send to the, a text to the Eno and you say, I'm not going to make it. Or to the uh, functionaries, you can't make it, didn't get any sleep. Just very simple communication. No justification, no right or wrong. It's just silly to do that. This doesn't mean that you might not be thinking, I really could get in there. I just don't feel like it. I feel lazy or whatever you might say to yourself. You need to respect that. Don't improve. Let's see what this is rather than improve based on wanting to be a better person or a better meditator. It's crazy to do that. And so I would say coming back to allow, um, I would say yes, to some extent that is I'm going to sit down. I'm not only going to allow myself to witness my see, receive all the crap that keeps showing up in my mind stream uh, about how messy the room is. I'm just going to look at that. 
I'm just going to receive that, receive that, receive that. And I'm also going to receive that even though I sat down here to do a four-hour block set, seven in the morning till 11, whatever it may be, after an hour and a half, I just can't sit here anymore. Get up. Respect the, the body-mind complex. Respect it. And so receive what is there. It's not obeying. If it was obeying, you'd, you'd have a better idea, a different feeling for what that is. So actually allow yourself to move out of that dynamic into another one. You might find if you really do that, you'd get up and go to the kitchen, get a glass of water, maybe have some tea or coffee, and you really realize that your fundamental wish, your fundamental desire is to train your mind. You'd come right back in and sit down. It's important for you to be there, but it's important for you to, to, to receive anything that arises in the mind stream without, without obeying. Observe. Obeying is an O word. But the O the O word that's important is observe. Observe what it is. Observe. Further, Jason. Um. So I was thinking more about about the the, the top mental and, and emotional stuff, and, and and Kevin was talking about you know his his feelings of apathy and in relationship to Ukraine and. And, and how to look at that and and you said it wasn't quite surrender and it wasn't quite acceptance but there's like a little bit of that there that's kind of what i heard i mean i was thinking of my therapist has this thing called ra radical acceptance and i know it's not that but again radical acceptance feels like you're just oh i'm gonna allow myself to just be with it or say it is here it is, and how, so I guess there's like a, what is that like getting, looking at it? How do you figure out or notice, notice and receive it in a way you hadn't before, kind of let it allow yourself to look at it a little bit more in a way that maybe you weren't before. Okay, uh, I'm going to respond to your question, but first I want to know, uh, in one week, how many hours are you doing Shikantaza? If, in fact, you are doing Shikantaza. It, it, it's extremely variable. I'm, I'm kind of right now just, if I can find a moment to do to do it, I, I will, will do it. I mean, I think this past week I maybe did three hours. Um, I mean, in past weeks I've, I've maybe done... 12, 20 hours. Like it, it just, um, I'm really busy with all, some incredibly vital things right now. So okay. when I can sneak a moment, I will, will do it. So that would be the area I would go rather than, rather than step into your relationship with your therapist. I would just say, stay with that person, stay with him or her, and, uh, and just uh, listen to what they have to say. I think radical acceptance is, uh, it's, it's still a relative way of working with it, but you may need to do that. Uh, the, the, I, I refer to Shikantaza as a radical awareness practice because it's as close as you're going to get to the root, which is what radical means, going to the root of something. And so, but even that doesn't quite fit. It's, uh, it's more, uh, there's less, less reference point there than that. The other thing I would say is if you can bump up the sitting practice, maybe a little each week or something, or add a, add 10 or 20 minutes per day or something like that if you can. So to be honest with you, when when he when he mentioned radical acceptance, I, I remember that you said not accept, and I I felt like that wasn't exactly for me, but there was a similarity between what he was trying to say to do versus similarity to what you say and just receiving it instead of me fighting with whatever emotions and stuff I'm dealing to like to receive it and to just in, in a way let let go of that and, and, and receive it. So that that's what I took out of it and that's what I try to do is is kind of go back and if in those moments that I'm feeling something like that to to go and do some chicken pasta. Um but I was really my my question and curiosity was was more about that line between kind of acceptance and 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 just receiving it and and allowing yourself to receive it as fully as you can bowing 
Thank you. Is there a final question before we go into the next, whatever you're going to? Cozon Bowing. Yes, Cozon. Sultram has a question in the chat box. She asks, how can I tell the difference between what I truly have to do versus what I do to alleviate feelings of anxiety? So coming back to what I say, don't do anything unless you have to. And uh, it doesn't have to be a hard nosed kind of stubbornness. I'm not going to do anything unless I have to. You know, if you if, if there's something that helps you re re relieve feelings of anxiety, you can include that. I don't know what that may be, but it could be any number of things. But I, I would say, you know, just you can include that. The important thing, if you're listening to me, which you are, is that spend some time sitting still, doing nothing at all, as little as possible, but just receiving what's coming up in the mind stream in any of the sense fields. Put yourself in a where you're socially distanced from everything, you know, looking at a bedroom wall or a, 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 a chest of drawers or something like that where nothing much is happening and just receive, spend as much time as you can doing that. And that's an actual instruction to do that. And then when you get off the cushion and post meditation or anything but sitting there, then just let things occur. Don't, don't make a too big of a deal out of it. If you, if it, if it's helpful to you rather than say, well, I don't really have to do that. I can just feel miserable. Eh, not really. If you find there's something that helps you, it's, that's also dependently risen most important thing I can emphasize here is sitting meditation. And of course, the other three uh, are, and they're all hooked together, is the teacher, the teaching, and the community. Without those three, and uh, Soltrum, I think you already know that. You've been part of our community for quite a while now. Very good, Bill. Thank you so much. this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. <clears throat> If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.